0: And hello once again. Welcome to the Extra Point Podcast. I'm Todd Stiles, one of the pastors at First Family Church, and so glad you've joined us for another edition on this podcast in which we take extra time to bring some additional insight or what we sometimes refer to as bonus material uh, regarding the passage that we looked at on the previous Sunday. This is September the 15th. And so we're looking at what we discussed on September 13th, last Sunday. So I'm really glad you've joined us for this episode. On today's episode, I want to just simply answer one question that came in during the service, and then I want to make one observation uh, that stands in contrast to 1 Corinthians 5. So let's begin with this question that came in. We answered several in the service, by the way. Here's one we did not get to. This person asks, you mentioned the government is instituted as authority in Scripture. What would you say about areas of government, such as recently in California, where they forbid the church to meet? In the simplest of terms, I would say that when a government's laws and decrees violate and forbid us from obeying God's laws and decrees, then we will obey the higher law. And I would appeal simply to the record of Acts for the example of this. It was Peter, of course, who... Told those who arrested him uh, that whether or not they thought it was right for him to preach or not, he said, "We will obey God and we will preach the gospel." And I remind you that it was that same person who said that uh, Peter, who later would write that we should uh, be submissive to uh, the emperor, uh, to uh, honor the king. And so Peter understood this basic principle that even though government is ordained and instituted by God to punish evil and protect righteousness, or punish those who do evil and protect those who do right, when they make laws or decrees or ask us to violate God's higher law, we are responsible at that point to engage in what is known as civil disobedience. Uh, I would remind us all that uh, timing in this case matters, and often we have the advantage of certain variables. Where we can take the time necessary uh, to perhaps work with our governing authorities towards a a resolution, um, and so perhaps in California, maybe in other states during this time of COVID, where there has been some infringement on religious liberty, uh, there is the opportunity to try to work with our governing authorities initially uh, towards a an amicable resolution. However, there does come a point in which Uh, that infringement must be um, responded to in light of God's commands. And I think that's what Pastor John MacArthur has uh, um, now gotten to, so to speak, uh, where he felt like he did all he could to work with them, and it was time to take a stand on higher values and higher commands and higher calls. I will admit to you, not everyone agrees with his timing on that. Uh, I'll leave it up to you to research and decide where you land as a listener. Uh, but it does seem that in some cases, we as Christians are afforded the luxury of perhaps, like I said, other variables, uh, some additional timing to try to work with our governing authorities to a good solution. However, not every situation has that. Sometimes on the spot, we are faced with a difficult and often dangerous decision to obey God or a governing authority that has placed upon us um, a requirement or decree or command that is um, expressly against God's command and decree. And in those cases, we should not hesitate to realize that we actually answer first and foremost to God and must obey Him. And so in those cases, uh, to answer your question, uh, let us obey God rather than men. Now on to my second observation for today's podcast, and that is um, a verse of scripture that actually gives us the the other side of the church discipline coin. Now we've been talking about this topic for a couple of weeks already, and we've been using First Corinthians five as our base text. And understand that First Corinthians five uh, the the entire fundamental. Um, Uh, what shall we call it, Um, tone of the chapter is that there is a man who is unrepentant about his incestuous sin. And so it forms the basis for the chapter um, and and Paul's reaction and Paul's response and how he calls the church to action. But there is a scripture verse that actually shows us what it's like when someone is repentant, and it's Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. And here's what Paul would write in this beautiful verse. He says, "Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness and keep a watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. I think this verse gives us a wonderful picture of the opposite of first Corinthians five in other words, here's someone caught in a transgression, a sin they're overtaken, as one translation says. But their response seems to be of repentance. They seem to respond humbly, and confess. And so Paul here says that the the response now should be, let's restore that one. And the word restore means to uh, most literally set a broken bone. It means to put something back in place. And those that are engaged in that should do that with a humble attitude. He calls it a meek spirit or a meek attitude. Uh, you know, looking at yourself, knowing that you are. Uh, as easily tempted as they were. And so I love the way Galatians 6.1, of course, written by Paul, just like 1 Corinthians 5 was, both inspired by God. It shows us, though, the other side of the church discipline coin. And what I would say to you is that 1 Corinthians 5 shows us the action of church discipline, whereas Galatians 6.1 shows us the result of the process of church accountability. It seems that in Galatians six one there is this consistent communication and accountability between uh, a group of people in some way, and in the course of that, a man realizes that that sin has lured him and trapped him, and 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 he's caught. And instead of resisting and proudly rejecting, he responds in repentance and humbly confesses, and then he's just with open arms greeted, and there's restoration. And so I think that really is the um the desired end of our constant environment of accountability and of loving uh conversation of close community is that when sin does trap one of our fellow brothers and sisters I man we want uh to exhibit repentance whether it's us or someone else and then together we restore that person what what a much better ending that is what a more beautiful picture that is than the one in 1 Corinthians 5 where someone's feet is so steadfastly cemented in pride and rejection that uh, that all the church now is left to do after months and possibly even a year of just entreating with love and and appealing for repentance, all the church is now left to do is to remove them from the benefits of the fellowship. Oh, I just encourage you, let us all live in close community with a Galatians 6, one attitude that we want to help restore or be restored and not with a 1 Corinthians 5 attitude. Let's enjoy the beautiful benefits of a body uh, seeking to, to put bones back into place, so to speak, and not one of 1 Corinthians 5 where we're just rejecting the admonition of those who are caring and watching over us and forcing them to deal with us in, in a way that removes us from the benefits of the fellowship. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. It's just a simple, less than 10-minute chance to bring some additional scriptures and further insight into the topic at hand, and I'll see you next week on another edition of the Extra Point Podcast.